I promised listeners earlier we'd start off by just saying what sophrology is, like I usually do, to be honest, right. to be fair with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, sophrology is definitely a new um, technique coming into New Zealand, which I'm kind of pioneering it in. I'm the trailblazer. So sophrology is the study of conscious harmony. So the conscious harmony of mind, body, spirit, breath, and consciousness. So it's basically a whole focus on holistic health. So as a sophrologist, I study all of them, the mind, body, spirit, breath, and consciousness to identify human experience and behavior um, so like the dictionary definition of psychology is that they, a psychologist studies the mind to identify human experience and behavior. So whether or not you you agree with that dictionary definition of psychology, um, that's kind of the difference. And that's kind of how I frame it, because that helps people understand that as a sophrologist, I look at your holistic well-being when, when we have coaching sessions and when we work through programs and things that will help. Um, you in whatever it is that that you've come to visit me for. So yeah, yeah, and um, and since since we last spoke, you've now based your work life in Hamilton, haven't you? Yeah, so I am um, commuting. <laughs> the, commuting the that. other way. Oh no, yeah, no actually... exactly. <laughs> so I do. Yeah, I do because a lot of my work is in the retirement area, um, working with people fifty plus working with people who are in a, in a mode of self-discovery or people who are later in life, um, maybe in retirement villages or something like that, and they're um, just struggling with feeling alive and happy about daily living or in that self-discovery space where you're, you don't have children at home anymore, you're facing retirement, and you're looking at your life and you're trying to determine who am I now because this is what I've done all of my life and now what is it that I want to do with myself now that I have time to actually focus on me? So that's yeah. sort of the demographic where I'm focused on now. Yeah, yeah, and that would that would be an interesting topic for us to talk about in itself, but I know today that you want to talk about manifesting. Yeah, I thought we could kind of focus on manifesting today. It's something that um, we, you know, it might be a trendy term right now, but yeah, to really understand it, to deeply understand it, maybe it's not quite so trendy. So I, I know a lot. Of, uh, some listeners will be like, like manifesting. That's that woo-woo stuff. That and and Lani, you've said that you do scientific stuff in the past. So why are you talking about manifesting? So do you want to talk about like that from you know kind of answer that sort of question for people first up? Yeah. So yeah, like you say, I do. So sophrology is a is a combination of Western science and Eastern philosophy. So focused on both. So yes, manifesting can be very, very um, Eastern philosophy if you go that direction. But if you want to bring in, bring balance and science into it, then we have a look at the brain, the neuroplasticity of the brain and the brain waves. And we think about our cognitive thoughts and the things that we are speaking to ourselves um, regularly. So your thoughts and, and, and the conversations you have with yourself um, are actually the conversations that are being stimulated in your brain. And so it is scientific in that it establishes those neural pathways in the brain. And the more you tell yourself something, the more you start to believe it. So that's that's the science aspect of manifesting. Okay, so how does, like, people are used to uh, maybe the... Uh, uh... A simplistic way of saying manifesting is if you think of something, then it will become real in your life. Um, how does that 
Is that a definition you that fits here? Um, that's a really simple definition. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Easier said than done, for sure. Um, yeah, so manifesting is about using your thoughts and your affirmations to bring um, something tangible into your life. It's like the law of attraction or the secret, you know, those things that we've we've heard about. Um, we have the thought leaders like Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle and Oprah. You know, they all agree that manifesting is real. But then, so what is it? Like, how do you even start manifesting? Like, it's bigger than just... Yeah, just think about something and it'll happen for you. That's it's it's basically bigger than that. <laughs> right. So and and so you're talking about um from what you're saying before it sounds like it's a matter of what you're focusing on is is significant. Yeah, for sure, but I mean, you have to know what it is you are fo- you want to focus on. So basically as far as if you're really wanting to manifest something in in your life, um it's becoming aware of what it is you want to manifest. So whether that's good health, um, money, an event that you want to have happen in the future, maybe you want to buy a house or you want a specific kind of car or, you know, whatever that is, be really um, detailed and, and know exactly what it is that you want. Because if you don't have a target, you know, if you're like trying to shoot a target, if you don't have something to shoot at, then, what are you shooting at? What are you shooting for? So that's where we start with manifesting is identify exactly what it is that you want. Okay. Then, so, okay. So have we got maybe an, an example we could use? Um, something simple. What do you, do you have anything or do you want me to come up with? Oh, I was, well, actually something I was thinking of is um, perhaps – a situation where someone's already manifesting something like they're manifesting a lot of angry people in their life. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no, and, and uh, there's a lot of that happening at the moment. Um, so, um, yeah. There is. So we would want to do the opposite of that. So we want to might think, um, let's, man- let's manifest um, health and well-being or happiness. So, um, I mean, that's pretty broad. So you have to kind of think, okay, let's let's just manifest specifically health like i i am a healthy person um and what does health look like for you so does health look like um you're eating well and you're exercising um so it's basically you you actually would write these things down you want to know um exactly what it is that you want um i tell my clients to like write your creative future as if it's happening right now so um if you're if you're wanting to have a health healthy body and you want it to be if you want to look a certain way or you want to have um enough energy to get through the day something like that then you actually would um write down my body looks like this these are the foods that i'm eating i'm wearing these sides of clothing i'm participating in these kind of activities um you would use all five of your senses like I taste this food, I smell this, I hear this, I touch this, using all five of your senses. So, again, bringing the scientific aspect into it where you're identifying what it is you want and you're writing it down and you're using your five senses as you're writing. So imagining it as if it's really happening. And have you, I guess, I guess have you had personal experience with this? I have, actually. <laughs> yeah. So... Basically, after you've written it down, 
you start to visualize that and use your imagination to to visualize this thing coming into existence for you. You might um, write down some affirmations that you can speak to yourself, and that would be speaking as if it was already happening. So using I am affirmations, like I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am strong, I am energized, um, I am well, I am eating healthy. You know, starting with the I am's um, and making statements for yourself. So you start you start building those neural pathways and start speaking to your brain in a way that now you are starting to, it, you, you have to believe it, right? You can't just say these things and not have it be believable. So, I mean, because look at your alternatives. The alternative to saying, I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am strong. Like you started with, I am surrounded by angry people. Well, <laughs> is that really how you want to start your day? Um, you wake up in the morning and the first thing you say to yourself is, I am surrounded by angry people. Or do you want to wake up in the morning and say, I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am strong? How do you want to start your day? So I don't think anyone would say that they start off their day by saying, I'm surrounded by angry people. Um, <laughs> specific, not, not, I guess they, they, wouldn't say, they wouldn't ever say it in that um, that direct way. They'd be like, oh, here we go again, or you know, something would be more like that when they, when they wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I mean, I, and your point is that's not really the ideal way to start the day. But I think I think the the thing that might confuse some people is how um, affirmations saying that I am healthy and and the, the, actually the key thing there was was you, well one thing that you said was that that you need to believe it. How do you get yourself to believe it if you don't believe it? Like. If, by if you continually feel, saying it. So like, if, if you feel like, oh, I've got so much evidence that my health is not great, I've got this happening, I've got this happening, I'm worried about this. Um, how do you... Ign- People might say you have to ignore reality to do this. Um, yeah, but where did that reality come from? I mean, if you have bad health, where, did that, where does that bad health come from? Did it... I mean, did... We... Our bad health is not necessarily a product of the environment that surrounds us. We have to treat our bodies in certain ways. Like we, well, it's what we eat and what we do with our bodies. So do we choose to expose ourselves to exercise and recreation or do we choose to just sit on a couch and not do anything? And do we choose what type of foods do we choose to eat? And what are we doing to our bodies to establish health and well-being. So if we're worried about our health, um, where did the bad health come from? I think for a lot of, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about you're working with an older age group now, and I, th- and I think um, a lot of um, health, there's a lot of chronic health problems mm-hmm. in, in the world, and I think we've talked about about that before. Yeah. And I think... I think I can see a connection there between you know the, the chronic health problems and and the mindset. I mean, it's it's hard to, it's not like you can draw a pathway or write a pathway and say this connects to this to this to this to this. Mm-hmm. But yep. um, I think a lot of people would could handle the idea that that the chronic health is. Well, I don't know. Can you can you say let's say give an example? You've got a chronic health problem. Um, you feel a bit overwhelmed by it. Where do you go from there? So with a chronic health problem, um, that's where the meditation strategies come into play. 
um, when you recognize that there is pain and discomfort, like for example, I have um, quite a few clients with fibromyalgia, um, and that's that's a lot has a lot to do with the nervous system. So when when a when one of my clients is feeling pain because of the fibromyalgia, we start with the breathing strategies, which then gives them clarity, allows them to then focus on things that they can speak to themselves rather than sitting there and saying, um, I, this, you know, I am in pain, I am uncomfortable, um, I, f- I feel this, I feel that. Because when you start saying those things to yourself, it can be really depressing um, but if, but you can, um, I mean, it's fibromyalgia, it's a chronic illness, but, but you can breathe through it. So if you're breathing well, then the pain can start to subside and you can clear your mind and you can start to say things like, I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am strong because there is some health within you. Otherwise you wouldn't be functioning, right? So you... So there's always two ways to go. You can all you can always focus on either the pain or you can focus on the abundance and the goodness that you have. Does that make sense? It it does. It sounds hard. Mm-hmm. Sounds yes. hard. It's very hard, which is why the very first thing you do, you always go to breathing. You always you always just calm yourself by doing the breathing strategies because breathing um, sends, sends, sends refreshing oxygen into your body and it clears the nervous system and, and then your nervous system is able to calm down. We've talked about the vagus nerve before um, and you're able to calm down and then you can think more clearly. And that's, um, that's always the first go-to. And it's, it really it seems redundant and it almost seems trendy because that's come into you know, now we're always saying, breathe, just breathe. <clears throat> when that actually is really the answer um, to breathe. But there's so many different ways to breathe. And that's another thing that I work with on my clients is I've taught them, um, you know, 10 different, 10 different breathing strategies. And so when you practice those repetitively, then you can access the breathing strategy that you feel that you need in the moment when you're feeling a certain kind of mood or pain or emotion or discomfort or what have you. Um, and then just identifying what type of breathing strategy to use. So then you can clear your mind and have the thoughts that you need to have that can bring you into more of a neutral space, um, a, a place where you can find there, that there is peace and there is comfort and there is health and well-being. Um, and it's just about what it is you choose to focus on. So we, I think in, in the modern world, we don't, well, conventional medicine, we don't bring the mind into it. The body's sick and we treat the body. This is, you know, this is real common discussion these days. Um, but you specifically said that sophrology is about, you know, the mind-body connection is a huge part of that. So do you want to talk about, talk around what the research, I guess, what the research is showing about the mind-body connection and its impact on health. Yeah, which is what what basically manifesting is when you when you can talk to yourself, your cognitive thoughts, um, and what you're speaking and saying. Um, also, what you're 
focusing on. So part of manifesting um, also includes gratitude. Um, you know, we've all heard about at night, do you have a gratitude journal and you, what, what are you, you know, are you writing down five things you're grateful for? Well, with my clients, I have them go a little bit deeper. So I, instead of five things you're grateful for, because you end up writing down the same thing every day. I'm grateful for, you know, family, my job, whatever, you know, you, you have those basic five, but go, go deeper and think about one specific event during the day. So one example I use is um, in the wintertime when it's really cold and I don't really enjoy washing dishes, but <laughs> in the wintertime when it's really cold, I put my hands in that warm so soapy water and it warms my hands up and I can be really grateful for warm water on my hands. And that's one example of how just choose one event in the day, um, anything. It can be as mundane as washing dishes. And what are you grateful for in the moment that you're washing dishes? And so it's about mindfulness. It's the mind-body connection. So in that moment when I'm washing dishes, I can either be disgruntled and upset because, oh, I have to wash dishes again. Or I can be grateful that I can put my hands in the warm, soapy water and I can look at the bubbles and I can see rainbows. <laughs> so has it, has it always been – this is a question I wonder about. Are we in, in some special culture at the moment where we're really good at being disgruntled and focusing on the things that are going wrong? Is yeah, totally. Have, like, I'm really curious if, if other cultures in the past have been like we are. Um, I think it's actually worse now because of um, the media that we're constantly exposing ourselves to. We're constantly on social media, and those headlines um, are meant to grab us in a very disgruntled sort of way. There's not. Are there happy headlines out there? Not many. There's, you got to go searching for them. If you want to find happy headlines, you have to search for them. So the headlines grab us, and they grab us in a fearful way, in an angry way, in a worrisome way. Um, and and that's and because we're so constantly um, connected to our social media and to, I mean, we can instantly watch things happening live um, anytime we want during mm -hmm. the day. So. Yeah, I think that it is very escalated, the negativity that is in our lives. And, I mean, look at us just walking around town. You you have a constant reminder that there is illness around, surrounding us, because everyone's walking around with a mask on. Would it be – this is where we get into a slightly controversial area – would we better would we be better off not having a mask, or is this more a matter of what we what we think about whether we focus choose to focus on seeing masks everywhere? Again, it's exactly what we're thinking about. But the mask thing is going to be personalized, right? It's everybody's going to have their opinion on the mask, so I'm not going to speak my opinion. But I will say that yes, you're exactly right. You can look at the mask and say, oh you know, that person is um, unwell or that person is doing the right thing. Or if you see a person that is not wearing a mask, do you back away from that person because you think that person is um, going to spread germs because they're not wearing a mask? So it's all in the thoughts. So do you are, so my go-to is always, I am healthy, I am vibrant, I am strong, I am energized. Those are my 
things that I'm always speaking to myself. Anytime that I, that I start to like go a different direction and think that, Oh, am I becoming unwell right now? No, I am healthy. I am vibrant. I am strong. Like I'll just start saying those things to myself because I can definitely manifest illness in my body if I want to. Is it, this is an interesting topic because of you know what we've been going through for the last two years um, all around the world, um, and it's been really in our faces a whole lot. And and there's one thing that's particularly a little microcosm of it is um, people who who've been having the vaccine but didn't want to have the vaccine. And I and I wonder about for people who are turning up um, to have the jab, feeling with a real sense of dread. Um, what that scenario is and, and if there's a way of getting out. I know most people have had the jabs. Who's going to have them by now? But is there a way of getting out of that scenario? Having, you have to have the jab, so you have to have the jab, but not feeling the sense of dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, because that's what happened to me. Right, okay. <laughs> so what is, All right, tell us, so tell us what you did. You had a sense of dread. You had to get the jab. What did you do next? Um, I had a conversation with my body, and I said, we're going to go do this, and these are the reasons why. And I had my own reasons. I value certain things. Um, and I wrote them down. And so I could see them. I could visualize them. Um, and then I had a, I just, I did. I had a conversation with the cells of my body. I love you. I'm grateful for you. But this is the thing we have to do. And these are the reasons why I'm choosing to do this. So let's work together and let's be okay with this. And so, yes, I went and had the jab and then, after the, you know, after you get the job done, you do, you do the 15 minutes of waiting in the, uh, in the, wherever you're at. And so I sat there waiting. And as I was waiting, I did an, a medita- 15 minute meditation and had a conversation with the cells of my body. And we talked about what just happened and why it happened and, and what the plan was and just all of those things. And, um, I had none of the, um, the symptoms that people get where they're, you know, they, whatever symptoms, some people got like dizziness or they felt unwell for 24 hours or um, I had nothing. I, it was like a normal, the only, the only symptom I had was that my arm hurt a little bit because of the pressure from the, from the vaccine, from the jab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but nothing, I went on with my life as normal. Um, both times I got vaccinated was I had the same experience. And so it wasn't um, me going in there with fear and dread and um, worrisome. I just, yeah, I, um, I elevated my body to a level of we're doing this and we're doing this for these reasons. And they were my reasons. They were because, you know, my personal reasons of why I needed to be vaccinated Um. And it didn't have anything to do with the fact that it was it was um, that I was complying. It was none of that. Yeah. Nobody was forcing me to do it. I was doing it because I valued certain things, not because I was being forced to. Yeah, I had a kind of a similar story, not as thorough as as you, but I knew that it wasn't good to go there with a sense of dread. And in fact, one of the things that helped, and this this is a really interesting perspective on health. Um, the the health provider who was doing the vaccines in Raglan when I went was um, Teko, no, um, Ngamiro Health from Narawahia, and it's a Māori health provider. 
And so when they turned up in Raglan, they were talking to I think they were talking to our councillor Lisa Thompson as one of the first points of contact. And they were like, and they said we want you to get some people down here, just to greet people. And in fact, Lisa and Lisa was one of the people who did that. And, and so when I turned up, I already I know Lisa quite well, um, and she's a genuinely very friendly person. So that had a real that had that in itself had a real soothing effect. And I thought that maybe that indigenous perspective on health or that slightly non-mainstream perspective on health, because they are still nurses and, and do all the conventional medicine. But these, well, I, the concept I brought up... That could be helpful just because you're having that social interaction. So social relationships are very important for us as humans. And to have just some random person who's not a medical person reading you and, and you know greeting you with a smile and a pleasant conversation... Before you're actually going in, it takes your mind off of what you're about to go and do, right? And you're not you're not there facing the medical professions as soon as you um, go into that space. So I can see how that would have been really beneficial for you. Yeah, and they also had some music playing. This is when it was at the school gym. They also had some music playing in the gym, which was a lot of feel good music, the sort of classic hits that that most generations enjoy. Yeah, so, yeah that yeah. sounds really like a really positive experience yeah yeah and and also what you're saying also because we're talking about the concept of manifesting and that's and it's a weird one um to get your head around and a lot of people don't like it at all but but i think we can see it closest in something like this because i also was talking with dr robin youngson last year when we had the outbreak here and he he was personally frustrated with the the government and the media using a lot of fear to get people to go to have their jabs because um, fear and stress lowers your immune response and actually lowers the ability of the vaccine to do its job, according to what he's been reading. So that's like a bit of a direct connection there about what you're talking about, about the thoughts that, that if you can, if you take control of your thoughts and do what you did, then you make the physical, you know, that's the mind that makes the physical work better as well. Right. Well, because when you're fear, when you're fearful and you're stressed, you're, you're, immune system your body your nervous system is all um your 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 blood pressure is up your heart is racing you know all of these things are happening and so your body is not calm and relaxed and you're not in a position your body is not in a position to have something foreign come into it because right now it's fighting and dealing with the stress and the fear and so scientifically all of these things are happening with the systems of your body and now all of a sudden you're taking this foreign substance and you're putting it into your body and your body's now going into even more shock mode. So, yeah, I completely agree with Robin and, and what he was saying. It makes complete sense. The, the goal is not to establish fear. The goal is to help people understand the most beneficial reasons for doing whatever it is you're doing. And that goes the same with your manifesting. You want to establish the beneficial positive reasons for whatever it is you're manifesting in your life. So anytime you're having a negative or unuseful thought, turn it. Um, you know, I, I have a quote that I focus on all the time and it's in, it's embedded into my head now so that anytime I have a negative or unuseful thought, I immediately um, default to entertain only the thoughts and feelings that contribute to your happiness and success. Right. <laughs> because nothing else matters, right? I mean, why should I focus on something that is not going to be beneficial to my life? So why should I waste my time and my precious thoughts thinking about things that aren't going to be useful to me? 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting that the last two years have been such a. Um, I guess we can see lot. We can see lots of examples of that. I also think about like everyone, the the amount of controversy that's around at the moment, and and strong black and white opinions. Um, and we saw, you know, what happened down in Wellington, and everyone's got an opinion about that. Um, do you sort of see a um, sort of manifesting principles happening around that a little bit as well? is that everyone does have opinions and we are all entitled to our opinions and that's the thing my perception my perspective is my reality but it's based on my life experience um and i can't i can't force anybody else to think the way that i think or to see the way that i see and and there's no way that you you would either you know it doesn't matter how close you are to an individual. I mean, you could be, you could be your partner, your child, your parents. No one has the same perception. So um, you can't force an opinion down anyone's throat. And all you can do is is speak in you know peaceful strategies and try to look at things with a you know as if there's a sense of goodness there and try to identify the goodness and and the reason why things are beneficial. And if if you can't find a reason why something is beneficial, then walk away. Like why why fight it? I'm not, I I guess I'm not a fighter. I'm not I'm not someone who's going to just con- continually fight something. If I don't see that it's beneficial and useful in my life, then then chances are it's the complete opposite and harmful. Yeah, yeah. So so come back like we Let's come just back to you because it's always nice to have some concrete experiences. Like I know you, you, I think you've talked in the past about. I mean, you got into sophrology and it and it helped your health. So, is there some stuff you can talk about? I don't want to pry in a, in a, into any details, but um, can you just talk about how these principles have kind of worked in your life? Um, yeah, I think. Um, oh, let's see. Which one? Which example should I use? Um, so I, when I fell into sophrology, I actually had, um, and had just come through being very, very ill. So I was ill for 10 weeks and I do tell the story now as if it was COVID. It was in, um, the, in July of 2019 and I was unwell and did not come right until October. And even when I did come right, I ended up with the long hauler symptoms and, so it was towards the end of, of that whole thing where my my appetite and my eating habits had changed and the, and the scarring in my in my respiratory system was a mess and um, basically a lot I was I was not well um, and and I had lost my parents and my sister in a matter of three months time and there was a lot of grief and sorrow. And a lot going on with my life. And and all of a sudden, sophrology popped up on the computer as I was doing a search for something completely different. And so I started studying sophrology. And it completely changed my health and well-being. It changed my relationships with people. Because, like I said, when you start to look for the goodness in people, um, you start to find things that you have in common. Um, rather than looking for the things that separate us, you look for the things that connect us because we're, we're social people. We want to be connected. And so that's 
that's how sophrology changed me. It changed, it changed the way I looked at my health and the things that I was saying to myself as far as manifesting. And it changed um, my relationships with people and how the conversations that I had and do have with people now are completely different from the ones that I had before I started studying sophrology. And now I have clarity of mind, like everything that comes into play, like, for example, getting the vaccination, which was something I didn't want to do. But I was able to think through it for myself um, rather than think through it by the use of media and what other people were saying. <laughs> yeah. so. It's kind of like death, death by media. Is exactly. <laughs> where we're at at this point yeah. in time. Um, yeah. And it's it's it, this is it's interesting hearing you say that because I've actually I've done a thing here on the on the show now where I don't read the the daily news out anymore. It used to be the first thing I did, and I'd do it a couple of other bulletins through the show. We get we import some news now, and I know some uh, there's some people who prefer me to keep doing it because they like my the the personal comments I was putting in my opinion pieces. But I'm sure there's some people who are equally annoyed by that. But yeah, it's um what you're saying is kind of reinforcing that decision for me not to be focusing on that stuff so much. 